Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. About 20 minutes later, I got a call from one of his crew, who I assumed was calling me about the pizza place. And he was like, Jen, there's been an accident. Michelle. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm feeling really old. Okay. Because yesterday I got the new iPhone. <laughs> yes. iPhone 12 Pro. Not the Max because my hands are too small and I kept dropping it. <laughs> I kept dropping the 10 big one on my face. Oh my gosh. So I just got the regular size one. Mm-hmm. But I realized I have now reached the age where I don't understand what I need to do. Because I, in my mind, I was like, I want to take all my photos from my phone mm-hmm. and put them on my external hard drive. Mm-hmm. Like I've done since the beginning of iPhones. Yeah. I would just periodically go through and like clear them all out. Yeah. And so I plugged in my phone to my Mac. And instead of coming up with all the pictures like it used to, it was talking about the cloud and wanting oh, to back up to the yeah, cloud. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I want it. Okay, yeah, like back up to the cloud, but I also want them on my oh, totally. hard drive because yeah. I don't know where the cloud is. No, I don't know. Where <laughs> is it? I don't know. So then Lindsay came over and she's like, why are you so grumpy? And I was like, I can't figure out how to get my photos. And she's like, well, babe, they're in the cloud. And I'm like, Lindsay, where is <laughs> the cloud? Where are they? <laughs> Because I don't want to go get this new phone and erase, like, restore to factory settings my old one. Totally. Where are they? Yeah. And so she had to show me on the interwebs how to get to my cloud. That's adorable. That makes me think of the time that we were, Anthony's mom got a smartphone and we had Mm -hmm. to, like, walk her through everything. Yeah. Because all she had before was a flip phone. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But I just don't trust, like, okay, yeah, so I pay for an extra cloud. Mm-hmm. I'm a very cloudy person. <laughs> You're just full of clouds. I pay $4 for extra cloud every month. But it's never occurred to me, like, is, are they just always being transferred up there? And then what happens if somebody hacks my cloud? Yeah. Or what if the cloud... And that's happened before, but usually to celebrities. So I hate to break it to you, but I don't think... <laughs> I don't think anyone's really looking to hack your cloud. They'd be like, this lady is obsessed with dogs (laughs) and screenshots. They just like quietly put it back and they're like, there you go. But I just, I don't trust it. And I had this realization last night that I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. That's like the people that come into the bank who don't trust online banking Mm -hmm. or the bank machine because they think something's going to happen. I'm there now. Yikes. I know. Well, I had a phone catastrophe yeah we both like phone 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 yeah my phone is uh smashed did you post it on our stories i just did just oh, okay did now. yeah well they're not gonna see it when they're listening to this maybe yeah, we'll... they will oh it'll be gone yeah Duh. today's sunday it goes tuesday <laughs> maybe if we think of it we'll repost it tuesday yes so go idea. to instagram look at our stories because michelle 
Yeah, I I stupidly put it on the banister of the stairs. Yeah. And my six-year-old accidentally knocked it over, and it fell all the way down to the basement. Yeah. On its on its face. Speaking of it's talking. Oh, it's uh, mm-hmm. heard me talking about it. Um, yeah, all it's, onto its face, yeah, and it's now it is up. all smashed up, and it's like cutting my finger. And um, yeah. Wow. So I had to call in to. At first, I didn't know if I had any insurance on it. Thankfully, I did. And have to pay a hundred fifty dollar deductible to get a new phone. That's wild. I have Apple Care and it's like fifty bucks. Okay, that's good. So like, if anything happens to my phone, I just pay fifty bucks and I get a new one. Yeah. No, mine's uh, mine's a little pricey. Wow. Than that. Yeah. Well, other than that, yeah. What else we got going on? I don't know. What do we? It's been stormy. I'm so yes. tired today. Yeah. We've had a lot of thunderstorms because we had a heat wave. And three of the six dogs that were at my house, like, their lives are over <laughs> when it thunders. And it's so sad because you can't – I can't wait until one day – look, I don't want my animals to die. But I can't – I love opening windows, opening yeah. doors, going to sit in the covered deck during a lightning and thunderstorm. Yeah, totally. But it's literally like – it was four in the morning when it got really bad. Mm-hmm. So I woke up because everybody was freaking out. Yeah. So our littlest dog gets a tramadol because she literally cannot. Like, I think her heart's going to explode. Oh, my gosh. Johnny, our three-legged, like, medium-sized dog, just wants to be in the bathroom behind the toilet. <laughs> so I, like, moved a dog bed in there. We spray the stuff called Adaptal. Um, this episode sponsored by Adaptal. <laughs> it's on the bottle. It literally says it's the hormone of lactating bitches. Oh, my gosh. And so it's like a calming spray. And so it works funny. really well. So we sp- I sprayed the whole bathroom. I sprayed the dog bed. Tucked it near the back of the toilet. He hunkered down there. He was okay. But then Lola and Devlin are like we're two little Shih Tzu mixes. And we're it. just beside themselves. This is so, what I don't understand about dogs. Is that on their very first thunderstorm they've ever experienced, yeah. they didn't die. Yeah. So can they not remember that for the next one? Like, oh, there's those noises again. Right. We didn't die. So let's just I'm going to throw this to you. Mm-hmm. When you're home alone and it's dark and you hear a noise, you weren't murdered the last time you heard a okay, noise. Okay, okay, okay. So why do you think you <laughs> might get murdered this time? <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that, that, thought that on the fly. That's a very, yeah. Um, and then so I decided, so from 4 to 6 a.m., I had a fan going to create noise. Uh-huh. I live in a subterranean villa, so like that helped. And then I was on TikTok, so I was like, what videos can I watch? To just like, yeah. I need constant sound so that they don't hear it as much. Yeah. While I'm like holding these trembling dogs. Oh and I try gosh. not to coddle them, but like my, they cannot. The other three dogs had a great sleep. They didn't wake up. <laughs> but then, so I'm scrolling, scrolling. And one of the videos, you know the sound when your smoke detector battery dies? Yes. That beep, like yes. really high noise. The two little Shih Tzus, Lola and Devlin, like climb my face like they can't handle that sound and one of these gd videos (gasps) had this sound randomly in it oh my gosh so that was fun so i'm living on like four or five hours of sleep wow but all my kids slept through it all yeah didn't have to drug any of them (laughs) no tram at all for your kids (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy out here though the weather's been like in the plus 30s yeah which which is like 90s so not typical for us. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, major thunderstorms going on. And, of course, we have my daughter's sixth birthday – or seventh Seven. birthday party today. And it was going to be, like, kiddie pools and, <clears throat> you know, everything outside. And Yeah, it's been so hot. Splash pad rain. pool. Yeah, it's been yeah. raining. It's gonna... That's okay. But you have a covered deck. Yeah. We're going to deck it out like a luau. Yep. We're making a pull-apart, like, cupcake cake. Yep. With, pineapple. Like, like, a pineapple. Yeah. And they'll have fun. They're seven. They don't care. Yeah. I Like, is she going to remember this on her 25th birthday? No. I mean, knowing Kate probably, and yeah. then she'll throw it in my face at some point because yeah. she's the middle <laughs> child, and she <laughs> has been resentful since the day she was born. But yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll get her a good therapist. Yeah. <laughs> That's what therapy's for. Um, yeah. I found a new therapist. Yeah. So if, if, I don't know if everybody listens to every single episode, but my therapist had twins and they were premature. So she's taking a time off. I don't yeah. think it's a full year, but she's gone. Yeah. And I've been like meeting with other therapists, trying to find, you know, you got to click. Oh, You yeah. got to like really vibe. Totally. And I have not had success. And so I'm meeting a new one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm really stoked. That's awesome. Her name Over is Zoom? also Megan. Oh, perfect. What? Over Zoom? Oh, I thought I said, so you'll resume? I'm like, resume therapy? <laughs> yes, I will resume. So you're telling me you're resuming finally? Yeah. <laughs> because I've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you know what I need to talk about, though? What? I'm so angry. <gasps> like, I'm so happy with my life. Everything's uh-huh. going great. Things that went on. But I'm like real pissed about this residential school yes. bodies of children being found yes i'm real upset at the catholic church yeah i'm real like i'm just like i'm and i and i don't know where to put it i don't know how to process it yeah like, i mean i got a very long message from you the other day yeah. about all of these things and you asked me when i was on my lunch break because you were fired up i was fired up and i needed to call you and tell you to calm your tits i know <laughs> because i ended up watching <coughs> this stupid documentary uh-huh. about in Ireland mm-hmm. in the 50s, there was this home for unwed mothers yep. run by the Catholic Church, and these poor girls would have their babies, and then the babies were killed. Yep. And they found 800 unmarked baby graves. Yeah. Um, there's a really good podcast. Red Handed does a really good episode of that. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, you should. We're going to wrap this up so I can listen to it. <laughs> you know what we're going to do? We're just going to play that next. Yeah. And we'll just see you guys later. There's something in my um, drink. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so let's just carry on. <laughs> anyways. I'm fired up. Is it anyways or anyway? Anywho. <laughs> Any hoodle. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'm fired up too. And it's very confusing and very just, I mean, I was raised Catholic and it's just really upsetting. Yeah. And it makes me angry. Yeah. And I don't like it. Nope. And it's interesting that, you know, we were never taught about residential schools I, because yeah. they were still going on when we were in school and our my kids are now learning about it, um, but I think it's a very sugar-coated, spun a certain way because they yeah. are in a Catholic school system. So we're just trying to talk to them about what really yeah. is going on. My oldest son has, I mean, his teacher called it a mass genocide, which yeah. is what it is. But, you know, I think for her to say that, working in a Catholic school, that's rare. Yeah. And bold. Totally. Good <clears throat> for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know 
what else is going on? We're um today we're also recording a Patreon episode yeah. and we're covering what we think happened to Jean Bonnet Ramsey. Jean Bonnet. So we're gonna do a little true crime on our Patreon to see how it goes. Yeah. So if you're like, I don't understand, what is this? Uh, Patreon is a monthly subscription and just a way of supporting the work that we do. And in return, we give you bonus content. So there's over 34 bonus episodes right now. I don't know why those kids are screaming. I'm not sure either. They're not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so if you're interested, if you want to hear us talk a little more off the cuff, we cover a ton of things, not just true crime. Um, well, our there's literally crime. no theme to our Patreon. No, it's, it's just, just everything. everything and yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. And we love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. So we're going to do that today. And then we're going to have a little kids party. Yeah. Woo woo. Did we buy booze? I'm already half cut. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking since nine. Oh, man. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, I'm so excited for today's episode. We're interviewing Jen from the Now What Pod yep. with Jen and Tisha. And and you were just on their podcast. And I was just on their pod yeah. giving my coming out story. Yeah. And so, We met them over Zoom and they are amazing and we need to meet them in real life because yeah. they're just our like podcast besties. Yeah, they're so great. Yeah. So check out their podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Hello, Jen. Hi, Carling. How are you? Hi, Michelle. Hi. (laughs) It's so funny. We have to say we're doing this with video, and we normally don't do video. So it's funny to like... I always use video. I know. I think it's nice, but to be honest, in the spirit of honesty... We very rarely like wear makeup or like not pajamas. So yeah, we're like, oh, we're actually like, look, the okay. beauty of it. It's true. This that's is the, the beauty. beauty of it. We don't even know if I'm wearing <laughs> pants right now. It's true. No. She's not. <laughs> well, what was that on like CNN or something? Some guy was in a meeting, some executive was in a meeting with, and he got caught like. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, These are, <laughs> uh-huh. I am very aware when I have team meetings virtually that of like, what's my surrounding? What do I look like? Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell my kids that they can't run in front of the camera naked. Yes. Yeah, that... I'm, I'm on video. Yeah. I've, I've, I've nothing to like, worry about. Constantly have to tell my six-year-old when she's on Zoom, like, I don't want to be on your Zoom right now because she'll, like, take the computer and just, like, swirl it yeah. around the room. I'm like, I don't want yeah. – I'm not on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The things teachers probably see oh, yeah. doing virtual learning must be phenomenal. Absolutely. Oh, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like they I should, there should imagine. be a whole blog or TikTok channel just about. I was doing it like an online dance class and they know they're not supposed to bug me and they interrupted me and I go, I don't want to see you right now. Go downstairs. And like two minutes later, somebody was like, Jennifer, could you mute yourself? Oh. And I was like. <laughs> and I said it a lot more meanly yes. than that. Yes. Oh my God. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Man. I was like super proud. Super yeah. proud. That's amazing. Well, we're super excited to have you today. We connected um, because you have a podcast, which we'll talk about after, but um, we found your podcast and then reached out because um, we all kind of share you and your co-host and me and my co-host are, are kind of similar. So yeah. we thought it would yeah. be interesting to have you on to tell your story. And then we're excited to be on your podcast and talk about some of our stories. Yes, yeah. We can't wait to have you guys too. Yeah. 
Um, although I do get nervous being on the other end, like being in somebody's podcast, I feel like, I don't know, shy about it. Um, this was the first one I have been on since we started ours and it felt a little bit like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. it's just different. It's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. It does. It feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we get started? And I'd love if you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and then we'll get into your story. Well, I'm Jen, and I am a, a U.S. expat. I live in Toronto, um, and I am a mom. I am a consultant with Beauty Counter. I am a podcaster. I am a writer. I used to work in the film business. Wow. And I'm a widow. Yeah. Wow. This is, is like the, yeah. what we're here to talk about. Yeah, the title but, and club uh, that nobody wants to belong to. Yeah, Absolutely. 100 percent but then you find it's interesting once you're in it the kind of unwavering support you find there Mm -hmm. that you there's a I don't know if you experienced this Michelle but that you kind of wish people could have access to without having to go through yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah it bonds you in a way that you don't want anyone else to experience but it it does help you heal and it and it yeah just brings you closer to people who've experienced the same thing you have yeah uh, you should come with Michelle and me. I'm not going to the conference, but there's, we just learned about a widow's conference in San Francisco or San Diego? San Diego. And it's in the, San Diego, Tampa, and Toronto. It's called Camp Widow. Yeah, there's Camp one in, Widow. I heard it was coming to Toronto. There's one in Toronto, but we feel like San Diego would be more fun. <laughs> oh, you're going to go to San, I love San Diego. We've never been. I used to live in LA and my sister lived uh, just north of San Diego. Like, San it's, uh, great. it's in October, so you should come with us. Yeah. Bring Tisha, um, your yes. co-host. Yeah. And then Tisha and yes. I will just hang at the pool. Yeah. And yes. Or you should really, if you're in San Diego, you should go to the beach. Or we'll go to the uh, beach yeah. and then meet up with you ladies. And then after. you and I can like cry in boardrooms <laughs> and then meet up with them later. And drink away the tears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a great I like idea. this idea. This sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm excited to get into your story. I'd love to hear about how you like introduce us to your husband how you met tell us about him and what brought you to Canada okay so how I came to Canada leads into how I met Warren Ah. I used to work in the film business when I lived in Los Angeles um, and I worked for pretty well-known and successful producer who had this passion project that he wanted to direct and he finally found a studio that was willing to direct it but it's expensive to make movies in the U.S. So I was working for a a producer in LA. He got the chance to direct his passion project and the production company was not going to give us tons of money to do it. So to Canada, he went to scout and they started scouting in Winnipeg and apologies to anyone in Winnipeg. (laughs) I don't necessarily agree with this, but I remember talking to Mark after and him saying it was a dump. And he would never spend another day there. I can see. I'm um, from Winnipeg. Yeah, and Carly's I can from see, Winnipeg. <laughs> there are some dumpy aspects to yeah. it. But, there, but I think you really need to, like, know where to go in Winnipeg yeah. to see the beauty yeah. of it. And it's like Ontario where it's surrounded by lakes. But, yeah, um, I could see if somebody's just, like, coming in and doesn't know. Anyway, yeah. so scouting in Winnipeg anyway, didn't go well. So, so it was, <laughs> but he was with a, um, a line producer from Toronto. He's like, come check out Toronto. Let's see if we can make it work there. And so we landed in Toronto and because of lack of funds, I wasn't going to be allowed to go on the show. But I basically said to my, my producer, I was like, you know, I'm not going to stay here in the office while you're off shooting this movie that we've worked so hard on. Yeah. 
So you've got to figure this out. And so they figured out a way to bring me to Toronto. It was my first time working out of the country. It was my first time, honestly, I think we went to Canada a few times when I was younger. Um, when I, Cause I was born in upstate New York, but I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. Ironically enough, it was in 2007, June of 2007, that I went up to Toronto, and it was the weekend of Pride, and I remember my car service driving me up Young Street oh, in the middle fun. of, like, that Saturday night where, like, the bars all stay open later, and, like, it's a whole thing, so it was pretty cool, oh, cool. Um, to do that, and so I'm, I'm in Toronto, and I'm on the show, and typically when you're in the film business, if you're on a show out of town, it's got, like, a camp-like vibe, because mm-hmm. everyone's from out of town, so everybody bonds and hangs out together. Well, this was a low-budget show, so it was me and a bunch of older men who are the only people from out of town. <laughs> Sounds like a One hoot. of whom was my boss. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and you know, Michelle, you're from Ontario. Mm-hmm. People, like, scatter on the weekends mm-hmm. in the summer. Yeah. They go to their cottages, right? So I would meet these people that we'd get on great and it'd be wonderful, but then it was like I was flying solo on my weekends, which was fine, but it was hard. And, and you know, so I got to meet people, and I remember – Apparently, I met Warren in the office. I'm sure I did. I don't recall that. What I do recall is I think it was our first week shooting. We had to make rain, and it was a sunny day. We're at this house in this suburb north of Toronto, and they put up these two rain towers, and they make rain, and it's sunny behind you, but then you're looking in the screen, and it was just like classic movie magic, but it's raining. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, like, wow, that was really cool, and he was like, it's just two rain towers. <laughs> I came to find out after that that was the lamest rain you could ever make. Oh. <laughs> He's a special effects coordinator, oh, I should wow. say. Yeah. So he makes rain, snow, fire, blows things up. Anything else for a film that like nobody else wants to do, basically, yeah. is, what, is what kind of falls into that kind of category of special effects. And he was the coordinator, so he was in charge of the whole department. You know, we would chit-chat, and, and he was just – he's a he was a really gregarious kind of – funny, easygoing guy, somebody who was easy to talk to. And I actually, because of the way my boss liked to be on set, when we left at the end of the night, he wanted to say thank you to every single person by name that wow. he walked by, So as a, which is amazing and not normal in, in that business. Um, so when, when we started, I had to know everybody's name. So I didn't know everybody's name because, like, if we walked by them, yeah, he'd be like, "Who's that? Who's that?" And we'd be like, "Thanks, thank you, Carlin. Great day. <laughs> thank you, Michelle." And it was, anyway, and it was awesome. And it was, uh, you know, he was a wonderful. Aside from you know calling Winnipeg a dump, he was an amazing person to work for, and I liked that part of the job because I had to know everyone, yeah. which was pretty great. So Warren and I would talk on set, and and it was just like I don't know, like work friends or whatever. And one Friday night, it was like I don't know, probably was probably Saturday morning at like two in the morning we were talking about like movies or weekends or whatever and the first Transformers movie was just coming out and I mean I would go to the movies by myself all the time but I was getting sick of it and I was like oh yeah you know we should go see that movie this weekend literally just because like I just don't want to do everything by myself Uh he was like oh I've got that script to read and I was like okay (laughs) because like as a development assistant it takes 90 minutes to read a script yeah (laughs) maybe an hour and a half I was like oh yeah and I had no I had no sense it did came to find out like much later it took it was more involved for him going through a script breaking it down but still I was like okay yeah like weak excuse thanks yeah I was like all right whatever and I walked away and one of his guys um was like dude she was totally hitting on you and I was like no no I wasn't 
<laughs> when he told me this after, I was like, I, I mean, I wasn't opposed to that, but that wasn't actually my primary objective at all. <laughs> but we would continue to talk and he, you know, I was always having to make re- restaurant reservations for cast and, and, and my boss and everything. So I would talk, rest- we would talk restaurants and, and there was, there's this place in Toronto called Rodney's that he had mentioned really enjoying or whatever and um, cut to like Labor Day weekend. And we had a four-day weekend because we were shifting our work weeks. We had the Tuesday off. I had flown down to Boston. I was back in Toronto um, on Labor Day. Or maybe it was even the next day. I don't remember. And um, I texted him. I was like, hey, are you in town? Do you want want to get a bite to eat? And he said yes. And so we went to Rodney's. Most ridiculous first date ever. Um, because we're sitting at the bar and we're eating oysters and we're drinking beers. And he's like tossing them back. I think the man drink 12 Stella's oh my god and like and he was smoking at the time and so he would get up and go outside to smoke and I and I didn't smoke and the bartender was like does that guy have a hollow leg I was like oh, I don't know <laughs> I had like four pints and I was like woo he had 12 <laughs> bottles of Stella and was like seemed really with it oh wow. my god and then apparently wasn't and because we took a cab back to my apartment and I don't know if I'm going to tell my parents this or not but uh, he was like he went to like give me a hug good night and I was like what are you doing come on in oh. <laughs> to play a game of Scrabble yeah of course yeah yeah and yeah so that was that and then you know, the next day or the day after that, um, one of my coworkers, who was also on the show, came up to visit set and she stayed with me. And I was like, I don't know what the deal is with this guy, but like, so this happened. And um, and I remember him calling me one day. He's like, oh, I'm in your neighborhood. Do you want to grab a beer? I'm like, well, you know, I've got, you know, Brie here. Do you, you know, she, she can come with us. And, you know, so we meet at, at this bar near my place. And I come to find out again later, he was never in my neighborhood. I was staying in Yorkville. The man didn't even know how to get around downtown Toronto. Oh my god! Um, unless someone was paying him to be there. Because <laughs> where was he from? I think he was born in Brampton, and then oh, he lived okay. in Guelph, and then um, in kind of the Guelph area. Okay. And he was living um, in the Upper Beach. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's what it's called, <laughs> of Toronto. Um, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know anything at the time. Um, and I was staying in Yorkville because that was like kind of at that time, the center of things yeah. and where my boss was. And, and I was kind of on call all the time. So I was like, I need to be living near him. I don't know. We just kind of started seeing each other. He started showing up on set more. He was only part-time on this show because it was a movie called Flash of Genius, which is about the intermittent windshield wiper and the man who invented it. Oh. I know you're going to race to go see it. I do it. actually now want to look um, it up. I'm actually, sure. it's, I, it's, I, did you see I it? I feel like I've seen it. Greg Kinnear is in it. I've 100 percent seen it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I was it. like, no, I've definitely <laughs> seen a movie because he he worked for like one of the car dealers or car manufacturers. He didn't, but but um, no, but Chrysler and Ford stole. Oh yes, his idea. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. No, I totally so remember it's, it's that. It's a very much David versus Goliath thing. I'm in a scene. I'm in um, a party country club scene. Oh like, wow. Kind of, in the BG, I got to dress really fancy. I remember a scene where he was like sitting in the car with his kids and his wife, and they were 
doing the like he was showing them mm-hmm. the windshield wipers yeah i have a picture actually that the set photographer took where it's them um in the rain all sticking their hands out oh that's so um, cool. that like was just like you know warren had one on his desk and we have one at our house because it was like he made the rain it was the show we met yeah. on oh that's awesome i've totally seen that movie <laughs> yeah oh my god i love it i love it we're gonna see a bump in flash of genius Yay! mark <laughs> but it was you know it was i i love the movie it was uh obviously like a great experience for me but it was just a great um movie to work on and so but but there's not a lot of like big gags in it yeah. so he wasn't on set all the time yeah. but he seemed to be showing up more and even when we were shooting out in Hamilton he seemed to be there more frequently <laughs> so the show wrapped and I stayed a few extra days in Toronto like even beyond wrapping out my bosses and mine things to, to send them back to LA and I went with him to his family cottage yeah we kind of started this long distance thing where wow. I was in LA and he was in Toronto that's like and, real long distance yeah wow yeah yeah so we saw each other every like six to eight weeks and it was hard we ended up I think in November booked a trip to um Guanaja which is one of the Honduran Bay Islands oh nice that's very not completely uninhabited but very sparsely inhabited it's this like eco lodge like glorified camp kind of a situation and it was like I think I took I take 10 days off of work? I took a full week off of work, and it was the first time I'd ever done that. And I remember Mark being like, where are you going, baby? He called me baby. Where are you going with? I'm like, oh, just, you know, I'm just going. I'm like, I want to sell service. And he was always just like, he was like, what? He he Because nobody knew. Nobody on set knew. I was very much like, nobody's allowed to know. Yeah. Yeah, he just never knew. And so we did this. But I remember getting ready to go on this trip. I was like, like I don't know this guy that well yeah like when you come down to it like we had spent maybe a month together like in person like dating and then we had had you know he had met my family at this point but like because he came down for Christmas but it was just like uh I don't know I was like whoa this could go really bad (laughs) in the middle of nowhere obviously it didn't so we did that and that was amazing and then I think some point I think at the end of March I went up to Toronto and my boss he was like who are you going to see? You got to tell me. Who are you going to see? And so when I told him, he was like, oh, he's great. He's just, that's so great. I'm so excited for you, blah, 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 which was really nice. Like, again, he was great, and we had a really great relationship. But then cut to July, um, where when I came up to Toronto for Canada Day, and then we actually drove down to my parents' place in New Hampshire for the 4th of July. Um, And then we got back to... Toronto where I was going to fly back out to LA and I was like I can't do this anymore like this is ridiculous yeah like it's just too much the long distance and it's too hard and the goodbyes and and like we got to figure something out I was like Miles has a show that I could ask him if he would hire me on Miles was the producer one of the the line producer on Flash Genius I was like what do you think and he's like yeah like let's do it and so I made the call and and Miles said yes, but then it was like, okay, so that means I have to, like, leave this job and this life that – I mean, I worked really hard to build my life in L.A. Yeah. I I moved away from my family, like, far away from my family and started from scratch and built a life that I loved. So, like, it was definitely – and at that point, my sis – because my sister had been in Carlsbad and then she had moved up to, like, right around – maybe like eight months before I went up to Toronto and Warren and I met, she had moved to LA and was working in LA and we were living together. You know, my parents had, had helped us get a condo and all of this stuff. And, and so it was like, 
And I was never that person that would move for someone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like ever. That just is, I mean, I went to a girl's prep school. <laughs> I was like, not like a mil, I'm not like a militant feminist, but it's like, I mean, I didn't take his name. Like, I, it's just like, you don't move for a guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. Because I just, you know, like there was something there and I knew that we couldn't ever really know how real it was seeing each other every six mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Was it ever a consideration for him to go to L.A.? You know, he his job was union mm. and it's really like to rejoin you. He'd have to get into a new union. He'd have to start from scratch. Oh, yeah. And he was very established yeah. in Toronto. And like just from a financial perspective. He made in like a day and a half what I made in a week. Wow. Yeah. Kind of a no-brainer. And because of the nature of production, like I could take the show and it could have just not worked out mm-hmm. and I could have like gone home after. Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I, it wasn't any big commitment. Like I was moving in with him for it. You know, part of the allure for the producer was that he could hire me as a local and not have to provide uh, me with like housing and all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I did quit my job, but I still had my house. I still had my home. I still had everything. Um, most of my stuff was still in LA. Like I didn't bring my car up. I got a rental through the show. Yeah. You know, we did that and it was a long, it was a long show. We were, it was almost a year and the show had wrapped and I was getting ready to go down to my parents for my sister's birthday and then go out to LA to like get my car and drive it back to Toronto. But I was kind of like, you know, at this point, my work permit had run out. We hadn't made any plans. I didn't have another show. It was like, what's going on? Yeah. And I distinctly remember laying in bed one night, like a couple days before I was supposed to go. And I kind of sighed or whatever. And he said, what's wrong? And I was like, I mean, makes me sick knowing I said this. I just kind of thought like we'd be engaged by now oh. <laughs> or like something or something would have happened. I don't know what he did, but he like made me be, be all of the things that I never said I would be. <laughs> That's he's like, well, you just, He's like, will you just like trust something for once and just be patient? And like less than a week later, he surprised me at my parents' house and proposed. (laughs) Like, did he already have it planned? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My sister's a jewelry designer. She had made the ring. He had, I guess he he was on a show and he waited really late to book his flight and he couldn't get one out of Toronto. So he had to like leave set, drive to Buffalo like switch planes oh it was like a whole god. thing oh my That's god so everybody nice. knew yeah um like my whole family knew and everything and you're and just so... like over there sighing and being salty <laughs> i know being such a brat That's yeah 100 <laughs> something that my husband and i would have done where i would have been like oh, i just want this to happen he'd be like could you just wait yeah like, like... maybe it's happening you just need to wait <laughs> I just, you know, well, I, I just, it was like the unknowns, like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going in my car. Like, we're going to stay together. We're doing this. But then it's like, but like, we're at a point just because we're dealing with like two different countries. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I need a solid plan. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need something. Like I can't just stay here in perpetuity. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So yeah. So we got engaged. I, it was actually, the timing was pretty great because, well, he went back to work and then I flew out to LA and saw a bunch of my friends there. So we like, you know, celebrated and drove my car back up to Toronto with, uh, with my college roommate and, um, you know, started planning the wedding and everything. We got married in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, because we both wanted to be near the water. I really wanted it to be in New England. And I had spent a lot of time um, in Newport in my 20s before we moved, I moved to California. So very like 
quintessential New England wedding <laughs> in this quaint little town on the water. One of my film friends was like, she's like, there was an AD there, like, queuing sailboats that were just, like, going behind you guys as you were getting married. It was, like, crazy. And it was just a great party. And, and so we did that. And then, um, you know, I, I finally, I think at that point, moved all my stuff to Toronto. And we actually, we stayed in his house for a couple years until his landlord um, said – he was going to give it, his house to his kid who had like knocked up some girl or something. <laughs> so we had to like, we had to buy, we, well, we didn't have to buy a house, but because of housing and everything, it made sense to buy, you know, our house that we live in, in the Eastern part of Toronto. I think within like two weeks of being there, we found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and was this a plan? Like, was this like, were kids We in the were starting to, we, we had started trying or like, we had started actively not trying yeah. to get pregnant, <laughs> yeah. which is funny because right after we got married, he wanted to try, start trying. And I was like, no, I was like, I don't know. We have a good life. Like why? Yeah. yeah. And he got really mad at me. We had like a public kind of like argument oh, on a patio. No. Oh no. On Queenies. Um, he's like, you misrepresented yourself. I was like, we've got a good life right now. Yeah. Like why? Like it's going to change. Yeah. Um, so that was like a thing. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to do that anymore. And he was like, but you did. So that was, you know, interesting. And then cut to, you know, our one year anniversary. I was like, um, I forgot my birth control pills. And, and he was like, oh, I'm like, what, buddy, you were like gung ho yeah, about this yeah, a year ago. Yeah. So again, yeah, we weren't like, like seriously trying, but we weren't not trying. Right. Um, so it was not shocking but it, you know, it's just so funny thinking back because we're looking for houses. We're not looking about at schools. We're not yeah. looking at any of that stuff, right? And fortunately, where we moved has an amazing school that you know, honestly, is one of the reasons we still live where we live uh-huh. um, after everything. But um, yeah, so I got pregnant with Logan. I had Logan, and then you know, two and a half years later, had Wyatt, and you know, we were just kind of going along. You know, marriage is freaking hard, mm-hmm. and it's hard with kids. Yeah. It's hard with babies. Mm-hmm. I had a really, really, really hard time in that postpartum period, mm-hmm. and never really came to terms with with that until my youngest Wyatt was like a year old. Wow! When we came back from like, you know, my mom and Warren had called me on it with Logan, and I was like, no, no, no I'm fine. I just need to get outside more. Yeah. I need to like, you know, like just do more things and like, you know, not, it's fine. But I remember a year after uh, Wyatt, we had come back from, um, it had been my parents' 40th wedding anniversary and they took the whole family to Bermuda. It was a perfect trip. Yeah. And I looked back on it and I was like, meh. And I was like, that's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. That's like messed up. Like something is like seriously not okay. Yeah. And so I went to my doctor and, you know, we kind of worked through that. And I I might say that like that was kind of where like I really, I noticed and maybe he would say something different, but like a real disconnect with us because he didn't ever take an active interest in how I was feeling when I finally, when I finally was like, you know, yes, I have postpartum depression. So that was kind of hard. And then he was working all the time and his work hours were long. Yeah, I bet. We're not talking nine to five. He was never home for dinner. Yeah. He was never home for bedtime. If he was home at all in the morning, it would be, um, it would be in the morning, you know, for breakfast with the kids. Um, but not even always that he often had to work weekends. He took a few jobs out of town. 
Um, but he loved his work and, you know, the boys loved going to set with him and, and you just kind of keep going cause you just do. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, and we got to a place, you know, we would argue sometimes, but we were definitely in that season when you have young kids and it's a grind and you're not really connecting and cause it's impossible. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, unless you have somebody saying, no, you have to be doing this. Like, no, get the sitter, go out, Mm -hmm. like go to therapy or, you know, whatever it is that needs to happen. You know, and I think we were both kind of dealing with our own stuff in our own way uh, or not. I probably is more accurate. (laughs) And then like summer started and it was actually a really amazing start to summer. You know, Warren was able to be at the boys um, at the the fundraiser for our local school, the Strawberry Festival, which normally he wouldn't be. We actually went to that as a family. We had a great, you know, Canada Day weekend. We, um, you know, went to a baseball game with this couple who we were really close with. Um, had this great, you know, this great day at the game. And then the following weekend, we went out. Um, we went to his parents' place, and this couple and their kids came. And had like it was just like the perfect Ontario summer yes. cottage weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like seriously. Like I think back, and it was like that summer was unreal. It was just the weather was beautiful. It was like all of it. We loved the boys and I loved the summer, kind of with no schedules and you know being able to pick up and go and going on road trips and going to the beach. And you know we decided that Thursday that we would we would go to Coburg Beach, which is our favorite beach. It's like the first beach I had been to in Ontario that made me feel like I was at what I call a real beach, which is an ocean beach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no disrespect to lakes. I grew up going to a lake, yeah. but I love me the ocean. Yes. And and you know it's these wide, it's wide sand, white sandy beach. It's super shallow and warm, and like it's just beautiful. It was our beach, and you know another one or two um, moms and their kids were going to join us. So we're packing up the car. Warren was like, oh, I wish I could come. And we were like, just come. And one of the boys goes, just forget work, daddy. And he's like, oh, I can't. You know, we're working on this gag. And um, How old are the boys at this age, at this point? They are four and uh, almost seven. Oh, okay. So why it was the summer right before why it started kindergarten. And Logan was going into grade two. You know, and the thing that they would always say is, you know, forget work. Because some days he would be like, I'm going to forget work and not like for the morning or something or, you know, whatever. So we drive out to the beach. It's like an hour away. It's a walk from the car to get to your spot. We finally get settled. And I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, they were shooting out this way last summer on it. There was that pizza place Warren always was talking about. So I call him and I'm like, hey, do you, um, what's the name of that pizza place that you guys loved in Port Hope? And he was like, Jen, I'm about to flip a card. Can I call you back? And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. You know, why, you didn't have to answer. Yeah. And um, like, it's, I say that and people are like, it's like that was just normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I had a video from him flipping that, the, doing that same gag the night before on my phone, you know? That they were, you know, working on it or whatever. And um, about 20 minutes later, I got a call from one of his crew, who I assumed was calling me about the pizza place. And he was like, Jen, there's been an accident. And initially, I was kind of like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, he got, like, a little bit hurt? Come on. Like, be be big boys and, like, take care of your shit. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, you know, like, we're at the beach. Like, we're far away. And there was something that in, in Shuba's voice that I was like, oh, no, this is, like, real. 
this is something. And so the boys had just been in the water. It's an hour drive back home. I was like, okay, I have to get them to the bathroom. I have to have them pee. I have to change them. I have to like, you know, my girlfriend hadn't shown up yet. Like nobody else. I was just the the three of us. I'm like, I have to do all of this stuff. And I don't know what the hell is going on. Did he tell you to like go to a hospital or go to? He didn't tell me anything. Wow. He just said there was like a lot of blood. You know, I think he said something about, you know, the head, but I don't remember. Maybe it's when he said that, that I was like, okay, like we have to go. And so, you know, and the boys were of course giving me a hard time because it was like our first big beach trip of the summer. And, you know, it was, it was just all the things. And I'm like, and I finally was like, daddy had an accident. We need to go. And they're like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. I just know that we need to go. Yeah. So, you know, I'm getting them into the car and, you know, fielding phone calls or calling people and like trying to figure out, like still not knowing where I'm going to go. Am I bringing the kids? Am I not bringing the kids? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, at one point Logan was like, mommy, can you stop talking about daddy's accident? It's making me upset. We're in the car and thankfully I, um, we had like screens in the car, Yeah. turned on Scooby-Doo, turned up the volume in the back so that I could talk on speaker in the front and they could just watch their show yeah. as we drove back trying to like figure out where I'm going to go and, you know, what's going on and who can take them and, and all of these things. The mind is so weird because like it wouldn't let me go – like. I couldn't fully go there, but then I do remember moments in the drive as I'm like white knuckling the steering wheel, being like, I'm not going to be a widow. I'm not going to be a widow. But then also being equally petrified, like he got hit in the head. Like, so I might not be a widow, but what what's that going to mean for our life? Yeah. At some point, I think before we started driving, I asked my mom to come and she was in her car on her way to their um summer home and she turned around and went home and got her passport and just started driving wow. and at that point we didn't even know anything yeah. um but she just started driving I ended up getting in touch with and I'm like calling different friends that I know the boys would be comfortable with and of course like I don't know about you guys but nobody answers their phone no. yeah I don't answer I hate to, I hate talking on the phone yeah so nobody's answering their phone and I'm like and I'm driving so I'm like I need somebody to answer their phone and so I finally got through to my friend Jen and um, the couple who we had been up at the, who we would spend a lot of time with and and the boys were really comfortable with. And I knew her husband was off work that week. So that was actually a really great place for them to go because they had, you know, their kids were in camp and, but they had two adults there. Like they could just manage it. And I knew Mm -hmm. the boys would be okay. So we go there and I keep getting these calls. And in retrospect, I remember like the tone of the calls from like the work people changing from like panic to like, you're going to be okay, Jen. And, you know, one of Warren's business partners was like, where are you going? I'm going to meet you there. And and I was like, well, no, I can just, I'll go to the hospital. He's like, I need to meet you there, Jen. Oh, and I was like, God. okay. Yeah, so we're at my friend's house and um, he gets there. We go inside. The boys are in the basement with my friend's um, husband. And he tells me that he's gone. It was intense. It was like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I screamed, I punched him. I, yeah. I just, you know, it, it was like the, you never can ever envision what that moment will be like. His job was dangerous. We knew that, but you never really knew that because he was so confident and comfortable in it. And he was the safest guy in town. Everybody knew it. He would stop a gag without caring how much it would cost production if he had some feeling that it wasn't safe. Wow. 
when I did finally tell the boys later that night, because from there I went to the hospital. Had the boys and, kept and, asking uh, questions or did they sort of, no. I think that's a blessing. No, Wyatt wasn't like perceptive enough yet too. Yeah. And Logan, I think, didn't. And then they were excited to be at their friend's house yeah. and, you know, play with toys. And, you know, Chris was keeping them busy. And, you know, after I was told, I, I knew I couldn't see them because I couldn't see them and not tell them. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't ready to tell them yet. Yeah. So I just got into uh, his business partner's car and we um, we drove over to the hospital, which was weird. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I knew this guy, but he was not, like, my guy. Like, yeah. there are other people that – I probably would have preferred to have come and told me, given me this news and driven me. But I mean, what, what can you do? Yeah. One of the people happened to be right next to him when it happened and went and was in the ambulance with him and was actually with him when he died. So obviously she couldn't have come and pick me up. Yeah. So yeah, we get there and we, you know, there's already like probably 10 people from work there. I don't think any of his family had gotten there yet. Um, and that was another whole thing that day. His parents um, lived up near Halliburton and so getting them there he's like they had four kids but he's their only son he's the oldest you know and I remember the doctor kind of telling me what happened that you know it was a blow to the head and, and they did what they could but there really wasn't anything they could do and saying I could go sit with him but you know they're going to keep him covered so it was like his hand and so I knew it was him but I had never been in that kind of a situation before yeah and all I knew was that he was not there. Yeah. It wasn't him. Like, it was his body, but it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah like he was already gone. Yeah, he was so gone. Did he pass away in the hospital or the on the way? No, in the ambulance. Oh. Or I think, so they were on their way. His shop was in the West End of Toronto, and they were on their way to St. Mike's. I don't know if he coded or something happened. I think he died in the ambulance, but they, they were still working on him, and they brought him to St. Joe's because it was closer, and... And then that's where they, you know, did whatever else they could. Yeah. You know, and then more people showed up, more friends and stuff. And, and the, the line producer from the show and Warner Brothers wanted to put out a press release. So one of my friends who is an assistant director, she was like, you want to see that. And I was like, what? She's like, you want to look at that before they release it. And I was like, yes, I do. I do want to look at that before they release it. Was it just so that you knew what it was going to say? So They had no reason to say anything bad because yeah. it would reflect badly on them. Yeah. But just more, I mean, it's about him. Yeah. And it's about, you know, like, I don't know. You just you shouldn't be literally, like, let anything be put in the yeah. press about yeah. you without, if you have that opportunity, especially in a press release kind of a format, you want to at least have maintain some sense of control over it. You want the people putting information out there to know that you care about what's being put out yeah. there. So it was all over the news, like all over the news, all over the world, actually. Like I had a friend who got a message or a call from someone in the UK who was like, hey, did you know this guy? Wow. Oh. Yeah. Um, and also because he was working on the TV show Titan, he had worked with Guillermo del Toro on The Shape of Water and The Strain. He worked on the It movies. So in the last like five years of his life, he worked on what I like to call a lot of nerd content. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So and that is like they, that is an intense fan base. It is. It yeah. is. So even though like they didn't know who Warren Appleby was, but they like 
if they saw those credits and, and who knows, maybe they did. Like, I don't know if they're like nerds that are into that kind yeah. of stuff. They, yeah. they very well could have known like the name and known well, like, who he was or whatever. Not long ago, I Googled it and there was like some YouTube videos that, that like people had put out with like pictures from his um, Instagram. Oh, wow. And, so it was like, it was really crazy. So it was, it was really everywhere. It was a big deal in Toronto. Nothing like that had ever happened in the Toronto film industry. So that was a lot. Um, and I, on that day, I had two things that I could think about. And honestly, they were probably the only things that kept me from like dissolving was how do I tell my kids and his parents need to get here before the coroner takes the body away because the police had to release the body to the coroner. Um, and it was supposed to, that transfer of, of custody was supposed to happen within a certain period of time. And I remember talking to a police officer who was staying there like after shift. I was like, his mom is on her way. Like his mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, but luckily people tease me that I know a lot of people. I'm standing there. I go, I know two people that work at the coroner's office. <laughs> and they were like, somebody was like, of course. Yeah. Does. That's so <laughs> random. <laughs> I have a friend does. like that who literally knows somebody from like every as and it's like how like yeah. how how did you come to know these people? Like <laughs> Part of it was just my job, yeah. but then this was like a mom connection. Yeah. So funny. So I messaged this girl who like we we've been we've been like, you know, pretty close. Like we've been friends but hadn't talked to her in a while. I was like this is a really like weird thing to be messaging you. But this all just happened, and I need to know what I can do to make sure that this transfer does not happen before his mother gets here. We have to be clear. We're talking about people like his entire family. Like, being on time never happens. Rushing is not typically in their DNA. And so, and then you add that shock. Like, Mm -hmm. they're they're in shock. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing. And then how to tell my kids. Uh Fortunately, I guess, although it's unfortunate, um, I have a good friend who I also met through the film business who her husband died um, of cancer seven weeks earlier. And she just called me and like cursed into the phone. And and I was like, how do I tell the kids? And she had a good relationship with a child life specialist who was willing to get on the phone with me to kind of help guide me through Mm -hmm. talking to the kids. So that was really helpful. But that drive like kind of back to my girlfriend's house from the hospital was like just horrible because at that point too, I don't lie to my kids. I'm pretty honest with them. I, you know, even Warren would say it was too much. So So because of that, I felt like leaving without telling them was lying. It felt that way to me. And so I just... I, I wanted, I needed to get it done, you know, and that was hard because they're six and four. Yeah. Six-year-old started wailing. The four-year-old started laughing. So what did you say? Like, how do you tell your kids that? So what I was advised was to be very clear and concise mm-hmm. and, you know, don't use terms like passed away or, right. you know, like he died. Yeah. Um, she advised me not to mention, you know, that it had anything to do with like getting a blow to the head because of just the imagery you can kind of conjure up. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, I had already, I think, like, I think daddy, I said daddy got hit in the head or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, before, but basically 
what she recommended was to say, you know, accidents happen all the time. Sometimes they're small and sometimes they're really big. And sometimes when they're really big, somebody dies, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what happened today caused daddy's heart to stop working Ugh. and daddy has died. That, yeah, that, uh, that was brutal. You know, like she had said, and it's true. She's like, you need to be careful about how other people speak to them mm-hmm. about it because mm-hmm. we all have our own language that we use and it's really about making ourselves feel better yeah, yeah absolutely like, oh they're in a better place and it's like okay well what's better than being with me yes. yeah exactly. would be like a logical conclusion for a kid to make yeah, right yeah. and especially because this was an accident and unexpected it's not like he was suffering so no, no he's actually you know not in a better place mm-hmm. yeah you know a better place would be here with us yeah. you know and and the whole idea of like passed away People do pass away. He did not pass away. He died. Yeah. And if I'm going to be really graphic about it, I say he was killed. Yes. Yeah. Because that's what happened. Yeah. You know, it was violent and it was not, it was not going to sleep and not waking up. Even I remember uh, right after everything, we came down to the States. My mom drove and we're driving back. And like, I have crossed that damn border with those children so many freaking times without their dad. And they never yeah. ask. I'm like, Jesus, I could be like kidnapping these kids and they wouldn't care like they barely look at them oh wouldn't you know where's dad they asked my mom who was driving and she said he she started to get out he passed I go he died last week you know at like I mean that's how my that's how my four-year-olds talk they'll be like they'll just go up to a random person be like my dad's dead like they you know it's to the point it's blunt it's it makes everybody uncomfortable but it's the facts like yeah well Wyatt would do that a lot that summer and he'd say um a piece of metal hit my daddy in the head and he died and Logan really didn't like that yeah it made him very upset he's like why does Wyatt have to tell everybody yeah and I'm like I'm like it's just how he's working through it honey like and it's so hard at the different ages even watching Michelle's kids you know like with the oldest to the youngest the way that the youngest will just talk about it so bluntly because that's how their brains process. But the older Mm -hmm. ones have that. Yeah. Just a different process. They just have more. And it makes them upset. But they, I remember going to daycare and there was a new teacher and she said something about, Oh, your mommy and daddy. And Claire's like, I don't even have a dad. He died. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's a, And I don't know if you see this with your kids, Michelle, but like, so in the beginning, he was very blunt. Mm -hmm. And then for like, I don't know, it stopped a few months ago, but for almost like six or eight months, every night before bed, he would say, we all wish we were invincible. We wish daddy was invincible and he was still alive. Every single night. Yeah. And that was hard. I get a lot of, I want daddy to come down. I want daddy to come back. When is daddy going to come back? Well, because yours were that much younger. Yeah, so they were, the twins were two. Yeah. I remember uh, for a long time, the twins would be like, daddy's at work. And they would just say it. Yeah. And a few times the older kids were like, no, he's not. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like (laughs) what part to address. And yeah, it's so tricky. It's so hard. It's so hard. You have to trust, like in my experience anyway, you kind of have to trust your kids Mm -hmm. and take their lead when it comes to where they're at. Yeah. Because I was definitely that mom that would be like, okay, calm down. Like, take a breath. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Like, let's work this this out. And I don't do that anymore. 
because if they're crying about their dad, then they need to cry about their yeah, dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's okay to have sad days and yeah. And I just say like I'm going to sit here with you for as long as you want me to. And this is garbage. This yeah. is so unfair and this is garbage. Yeah. And I would give anything to change this for you right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a bit about so after you tell them um we just did a Patreon episode that talks about the like life after loss and so the the hours, days, weeks after a death and what that experience was like. So you now tell your kids and now you have to plan a funeral and like, what does all that look like? So I was really lucky. Um, so my mom, you know, we hung out at my friend's house till my mom showed up at like nine o'clock that night. We loaded back into my car and drove home and we live on like a little court like a really little street. We have a very close-knit community. And all of my neighbors were on the neighbor across the street's lawn because they had seen on the news. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I drove my car back to the house. My mom drove her car to my house. And, like, literally our cars were, like, unloaded without even, like, I don't even know how it happened. Yeah. And I remember saying to my mom, like, why well, I don't have any pull-ups for Wyatt. And somebody was like, I'll go to Shoppers. Do you need anything else? And just, like yeah. – you know, that was taken care of. And then the next morning, um, my mom was there and um, two of my good friends came over and one of them actually picked my sister up from the airport on her way there to our house. And they like literally just like tore my house apart cleaning. Wow. I think it was some point later that day or maybe the next day that it was like, you know, what do you want to do? Because in film, people, I, I've known people who have died in film before, and one of them, it was a, an accident, not on set. Like, there was this big, you know, memorial in one of the studios for him. And, and you know, my friend Karen was like, they're, they're going to want to do something. So, like, do you have thoughts on this? Like, what do you want to do? And for a funeral and everything. And so we kind of decided, he died on a Thursday, so we decided that the following Saturday and Sunday would be everything. And I just kind of looked at my sister and I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so she um, she basically planned the funeral. Wow. She went around, her and one of my friends went around and looked at f- the few funeral homes that were like available, had enough capacity, you know, whatever. And then um, my other friend, Karen, coordinated the entire celebration of life mm-hmm. memorial, whatever you want to call it. So I really was very lucky. I did not have to do much. Mm-hmm. And then, as I have said many times, I asked a friend who's a wardrobe designer to do the shopping for me for the things. Because yeah. that does feel like the last thing you need, I think, especially when it comes to kids, kids don't just have funeral clothes. Like, yeah. I could probably go and put something together of all the black things that I own. I don't know. It just seems like such a crappy thing to we be like. We ordered Old Navy dresses for my girls and yeah. my niece that were just all the same. and. They were on clearance yeah. for like $8 and we're like, sure, like here's. Yeah, because you have to know, yeah. of all the things you have to worry about, now you have to worry about what you're going to dress and your kids. Yeah. And the only nice clothes they had were what we wore in a family photo shoot in Turks and Caicos six months earlier. Oh. And like, I don't want those to be the clothes no. yeah. that they're wearing to their dad's funeral. Yeah. That we have like with family, the last time we took family pictures, like I don't, that's not okay. So, and, and when I suggested it actually to my friend Karen before, I was like, should I do this? She goes, yes. She goes, people want things to do that they feel are going to be helpful. Yeah. And what better task to give a wardrobe designer? Somebody who can do that. Yeah. And to say like, please dress me and my children for this horrible occasion. Please help me. Please help me. Um, You know, you loved Warren. Warren loved you. You know, this is my way that you can help me now. So there was that. So, I mean, I was really 
lucky that I was completely like enveloped with people taking care of me and taking care of us. So it was all kind of a blur. There were sometimes questions to be answered. You know, my mom and my sister are very much doers. So they're like going around painting the trim in my house. And, you know, my sister built these like gardens in her backyard with with Logan for their dad, you know, talking to people and, and people would stop by and bring food. And, and you know, like my, my mom, uh, my crew of moms organized a meal train. So we had dinner dropped off every single day. Oh, wow. And then even into October, November, I think it was like a couple times a week, which, you know, was amazing mm-hmm. and so necessary. I went to a rage, I went to a rage room. I'm like, cause Ooh, oh, yeah. our wedding anniversary was, um, 12 days after he died. So a couple of my girlfriends took me to a rage room. That's incredible. I want to do one of those. Which was awesome. Honestly, they should have found a way to have them open during COVID because I think a lot of people would have benefited from that. Absolutely. They're not very safe. The safety career they give you is not very safe. Like I still got cut. But that was really good. But that was weird too because we're going and one of my girlfriends was like, you know, the other girls are kind of on standby if you want to see them after. And I just was like, no, I don't want to know. I went from kind of being the person who planned all of the things to not wanting to be seen. You know, and because I had run a mom's group in the area, I was pretty well known. We couldn't go to the McDonald's play place without being somebody, having somebody being like, you're Jen Hoffmeister, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, yeah. And she'd be like, oh, I used to come to Thursdays. And I'm like, hi. (laughs) You know, I didn't want that. You know, Uh, Wyatt was still playing baseball the Monday after the, um, all the services my brothers were there and it's like, okay, well we can try to go. And like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I thought I was like, you know, Angelina Jolie or something, but I had a baseball cap on and sunglasses. And I just like, cause like, again, I know a lot of the people yeah. that would be there and I really didn't want to see anyone. And, uh, and I was sitting there and then like, I lost it. And I was like, I'm going to go to the car. Like if Wyatt's still participating, like we can stay. We had taken a couple of cars, I think. Yeah. And then my brother and one of my brothers ended up coming and driving me home maybe with Wyatt and then something had happened between the two boys and uh, Logan just collapsed onto the ground, like bawling. Oh. Um, and so my brother kind of just picked him up and he's like, I can't leave you here. Like, you know, we ha- we're going we're gonna to go. I'm going to keep you safe. Yeah. And, you know, it's just all those little landmines yeah, that, you know, that you have as, as an adult triggers and then you can't can't anticipate yours and you definitely can't anticipate your kids you know so just learning to navigate them and then you know my family being put in a position to help with all of that stuff and my family is very loving but we didn't really talk about emotions like we're we're, you know we're not protestant but we're pretty waspy (laughs) um you know like and everything you think about that Uh so it just it's hard and and you know like very much of like a you know man up and keep going kind of a constitution getting them to like kind of adjust that a little bit and 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 they've they've done amazingly but all while dealing with their own grief too you know like they they loved Warren he was a part of our family like my mom and Warren would sit up at when my mom would come visit after the boys were born and I know they would just sit there and razz me yeah yeah you know like it was that was like usually my mom's the one being razzed but that he gave her the opportunity (laughs) to like make fun of me did you guys seek out any uh like mental health support with therapy or yep so I knew I would need to talk to someone um so I you know interviewed a few people and found somebody for me and then 
we also have a program in Toronto. I think it's called Strides Toronto now. And so they have um, therapy resources. Usually the waiting lists are very long, but because of the nature of our thing, we actually got in with therapists right away for family. And oftentimes it was me and Wyatt who just went. And sometimes the three of us would go. We haven't been doing the family therapy as much anymore. And I think I'm at a point now where I think Wyatt, we maybe need to revisit, Uh you know, having him speak to someone. So then your podcast, the one that you and Tisha have, kind of was born from this like yeah so Tisha um uh is a good friend we met actually our our kids are both within weeks of each other um so we met when our oldest were um babies it had a yoga class about almost exactly a year before Warren died she was um diagnosed with cervical cancer she's perfectly physically healthy now um but her her mental health took a big hit in that time and she ended up being diagnosed with PTSD. And so she was kind of coming out of that when this happened. And in that time before Warren died, we would have lunch every Tuesday. We would just talk about life and all things and like what she was working through and like my own struggles and and it brought us closer. And then, you know, Warren dying brought us closer again and she was very supportive of me. And we came to realize that even though our experiences were really different, there's just a lot of commonalities in how we deal with trauma and hard times. And sometimes you don't necessarily want to be talking to another widow or another cancer survivor, you know, because it's not just about that, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I said at the beginning, like the widow support system and community is pretty amazing and it totally is. You don't want it to be about that all the time. And so we just feel like kind of like how we grew up with therapy not being normalized. We wanted to normalize the idea that just because you get an all clear from cancer doesn't mean everything's okay. Uh Just because I'm walking down the street, you know, singing and dancing with my kids doesn't mean that we're still not like in it with our grief. You know, like there's so much work that goes into like being okay, Mm -hmm. being a successful human. And we feel like that needs to be like normalized and and really kind of get behind those pretty pictures to what's really going on with people because that's kind of where the magic happens where you really connect with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did So yeah. anyway with that we decided to call it now what and we we talked about, you know, developing a podcast before Warren died and I think it was at the beginning of COVID and we even like recorded an intro and I think it was about like finding simplicity in motherhood or something which kind of a joke (laughs) Tisha's got it I don't and uh and then I think it was at the beginning of COVID or right before COVID Tisha was like what about this you know having people share stories of like trauma and triumph and hard times and um and that was it and you know we messed around with it and in January or December I was like we need to just do this like let's just do this yeah and so we did well, I think that's great. I will uh, link your podcast info in our show notes and we'll obviously tag you and everything. Awesome. I love yeah. the platform. I love the messaging. Mm-hmm. It's so similar to ours, but different enough that I, yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it brings something that we don't. And I, yeah, I mean, we, I think we have different like vibes yeah. as, yes. as duos, yeah. which is great because, you know, one can be more what you need on one day and another on the other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we're so thankful that we connected and that you got to be on our show and we're excited to be on mm-hmm. yours. And I think we're going to... I know. We can't wait to have yeah, you. Yeah. We're going to have Tisha, I think, on ours yeah. you know, eventually. And yeah. I know. It's so great. Yeah. We can talk about like nerdy things. Yeah. Like how do you get the separate sound files? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we'll let you Thanks enjoy so much, the rest guys. of your child-free day. Yes. It's yeah. sunny right now. I can just see the window behind you. It is, is really hot here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have kind of a rainy day But today. it's nice. Yeah, we're pretty rainy over um, here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have awesome. a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, hey bye. 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 Hey, Michelle. Hey. When Carlin. are we going to be best friends with Jen and Tisha? Oh, we need to meet them. I know. Why do all these amazing people live so far away? And why don't we have money? <laughs> Join our Patreon today. <laughs> yeah, I know. When we go on tour, man, we're oh, yeah. tour everywhere that we've interviewed somebody. Absolutely. So I just love Jen. Yeah. And we're widow friend widow buddies. Yeah. Widow. Sounds like widow. we're saying little buddies. <laughs> You're my little widow buddy. Widow buddy. Oh my god. <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story. And, and we're kind of yeah. brainstorming some ideas of a way that you and Jen can collaborate. Yeah. And come together on some sort of episode or feature or something. Absolutely. To talk about widowhood. Widowhood. Widowhood with your <laughs> widow friend. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Lord. Guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram uh, and TikTok. Yeah. And Facebook. Yeah, I haven't and... been posting on t- TikTok enough. I need to get back on there. Well, I posted a video of you eating eggs and it's blowing up. It, that's very true. So. And I ate eggs today because yeah. of you. Because <laughs> of you, I'll eat eggs <laughs> in the form of devil. Uh, yeah, they were delicious. They were great. And. Anywho, I don't know. All right, well, we hope Let's everyone go. has a good week. Let's go solve the John Bonet Ramsey case. All right, let's do it. All right, we bye. Got this. Bye.